Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And this week we watched Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. And if we sound weird, it's because we went to a Taylor Swift <laughs> night last night and I lost my voice. It was, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is the morning after. We are dedicated to our fans. So we are recording our podcast <laughs> at 10 a.m. This has never happened before. No. <laughs> Yes, this week we watch Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. This will be concluding our Lindsay Lohan series. This came out February 17th, 2004. So obviously this movie stars Lindsay in what is possibly the greatest role of her life. The role she was born to play. <laughs> um, we also have Carol Kane, who we already met in The Pacifier. Um, <clears throat> we are meeting Megan Fox, um, who we all know from... Holiday in the Sun, the Mary Kate and Ashley movie. I thought we all knew from Dating Machine Gun Kelly. We also all know her from Dating Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we were watching this, I was like, is her voice actually that high-pitched? Or was she just doing that for this movie? No, like, I think her voice is actually that high-pitched. That's... I don't think I've ever... I've, I know the meme of, like, you are weed. You smell like yeah. <laughs> But, like... I can't imagine them dating with her voice being like that now. <laughs> I mean, have you seen her other movies? No. Okay, well, she's also been... In, she was in an episode of What I Like About You. Uh, she was in an episode of Two and a Half Men. She was in a bunch of episodes of the TV show Hope and Faith. Uh, she was in the Transformers movies, Jennifer's Body, Friends with Kids, This is 40, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and she had a recurring role in New Girl whenever Zoe Deschanel left for maternity leave. Mm -hmm. um, next we have Allison Pill, who, again, we all know from her iconic role in Pieces of April. <laughs> have we have we've talked about Pieces of April before? <laughs> uh, our favorite Thanksgiving movie. Perhaps yeah. the only Thanksgiving movie you can name, but... <laughs> Everyone has seen Pieces of April. <laughs> Katie Holmes' most prominent role. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's we picked up this movie at a V-Stock just because it looked interesting and we watched it. It's a great fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch it. Like I said, we're not kidding when I say my favorite Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, Allison Pill has also been in Dan in Real Life, Milk, Law & Order CSI, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Midnight in Paris, uh, Snowpiercer, The Newsroom, Miss Sloan, American Horror Story, Vice, and Star Trek Picard. Um, she's been in many things throughout her career, but every time I see her, she is um, Ella from Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Yeah, she's always playing a very stressed, high-strung <laughs> character. <laughs> she does it very well, but every time I'm like, oh, it's Ella from Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. There you go. Um, uh, setting the foundation for her career. Yes. Um, Adam Garcia, who plays Stu Wolf, he was in Coyote Ugly. I've never seen Coyote Ugly, but he might be a prominent role. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, Glenn Headley, uh, who plays Lola's mom. I know her as Ben Wyatt's mom in Parks and Recreation. <laughs> <laughs> you may have also seen her in an episode or two of Psych, CSI, Grey's Anatomy, Monk, SVU, ER, or Frasier. And then Sheila McCarthy, who plays Ella's mom. We met her in Cowbells. Yep. And that's it for people. Yeah. I don't have anybody extra. <laughs> All right. Let's get started. Jump in. Oh, God, I have to yawn. Okay. Um, so we open 
over a montage. It was montage number one. We, we've got a lot of montages in this movie. A montage, like stock footage of New York City. Mm-hmm. And this song that plays during the opening credits immediately took me back. <laughs> immediately took me back to being eight years old. Um, so we have this, like, like dream scenario. Yeah, I just pretend, pretend scene. Pretend scene of mom dropping Lola off. Lola is dressed like Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm. um, to live in New York City on her own. They have British accents for some reason. <laughs> because that makes them classier. Because that makes them classier. <laughs> yeah, and then as mom and the twins drive away in a limo, uh, Lola does a little like wall flip. She just like walks off a tree and does a backflip and she's like, I get to live alone in New York. Woo! And this is where we learn that this is fake. Um, Lola's mom is actually moving her entire family from New York City to New Jersey, probably because she's a single mom with three kids and it's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's still very close to New York. Like, yeah, you can still go to New York. Calm Lola. down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this entire movie is telling Lola to calm down, but. <laughs> yeah, okay, so she's complaining to her mom in the car. She's like, I can't believe you're uprooting me from my life. She's the only home I've ever known. She says, Goodbye, New York. Goodbye, intellectual and spiritual stimulation. Goodbye, all my dreams of ever becoming an actress. <laughs> um, so, Mom calls her Mary. Her birth given name is Mary. But Lola, and so she's like, my name is Lola. I am known since I was born. My name is Lola. <laughs> I actually had a girl in fifth grade. Her name was Anna. And she told everyone, she's like, my name is Lola. I'm going to be called Lola. And the teachers actually went along with it for a bit. <laughs> I mean... But no one else did. If someone wants to be called something, call them that. I don't see an issue. I was 11 and ignorant. I mean, she went back like two weeks later to yeah. Anna. <laughs> um, so they're driving from New York to New Jersey. They arrive at their new home in the New Jersey Burbs. Um, Lola is unpacking. She puts up this giant... Like, wall-sized poster of Stu Wolf, who she calls the greatest poet since Shakespeare and lead singer of her favorite band, Siddhartha. Yes. Uh, the next day, Lola is riding her bike to school, and she's talking about how strange it is that she doesn't have to spend money to go to school here. Oh, my God. She is wearing um, this <laughs> lovely outfit. She has gold flare pants that are, like, satin, and then this white, like, flowy top, and then she's wearing, like, a white flowy material tied around her head like with a, headbands. Like a, a do-rag is the wrong term for this, but I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, and then headbands, like, on top of that. So she's riding her bike, she, like, falls, I don't know, she gets to work, or to school, and everyone is staring at her, obviously. Because they're all wearing normal clothes from 2004. Well, yeah, and I think this is, like, the suburbs. Like, it's not even, yeah. like, New Jersey, like, trying to be New York. This is, like, full-on... Jersey Jersey suburb, yeah. Um, She's doing a voiceover and she says, In my heart, I feel a legend is about to be born. That legend would be me. (laughs) Yeah, as she is putting her bike in, like, the bike rack, she meets Ella and she talks to her because she sees that she has a Steve from Siddhartha pin. And she's like, oh my god, you know Siddhartha? And they start talking about it. They go inside and they just bond over fangirling about this band. Yeah, Lola brought her Siddhartha scrapbook to school. That has, like, all these cutouts of magazines of Siddhartha. 
and she's like, look at that. That's that's outside the apartment building where Stuwolf apparently lives. <laughs> she's like, oh, and this is the dress that I'm going to wear when we get married. <laughs> I, okay, the one thing that I wanted to mention right now, so Lola, we talked about her outfit. Ella is wearing, like, a pink striped button-down with, like, brown, like, slacks. Khaki, khakis. Yeah, and... And Ella has, or Lola has no problem just being like, oh my god, he loves it, Arthur. So, and we learn, we'll see a little bit more of this later. But I like that she's not superficial. She's just like, yes. we have something in common. Yes. She doesn't judge other people for not being like her. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, also, I love the Stan culture representation in this movie. <laughs> That's so funny because it was 2004, too. Like, I know, I know that people were doing that over, like, boy bands and stuff. But, yeah. like... It I don't seemed, think I've ever seen, like, a better representation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Carla walks in with her little posse behind her. Fun fact, one of the girls in her posse is Casey from Life with Derek. <laughs> yep. Um, she introduces herself to Lola, and, she's, and she sees them looking at Siddhartha stuff, and she says, Oh, my dad is Stu Wolf's lawyer. Um, and uh, Carla sort of starts, like, making fun of New York. She's like, oh, I hear from New York. Uh, uh. And um, Ella's like, oh, I visited New York once. It, it was really beautiful. I really liked it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so Lola's just like, she's talking Lola, about how great New York Lola is. Lola responds with, Ella Gerard, you are the sister of my soul. <laughs> she said she loves New York. <laughs> um, so class starts. Um, Lola runs up to Miss Bagoli, who's about to introduce their new student. And she's like, Listen, my name is, I know in your records it says my name is Mary, but ever since I was a squealing infant, I've known my name was Lola. And so Mr. Lola's like, okay, this is Lola, everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, most teachers do that. They'll be like, oh, is there, like, any name that you yeah. go by? I never had an answer. I would always say, just Elizabeth, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the cafeteria, Carla is talking to Lola, and she gives her some advice. And she's like, if you could be careful, you could be sitting with us. Also, don't hang out with Ella Never Had a Fella. What is with that outfit? And um, Lola's just like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with Ella, bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think part of it is, like, she likes people who make choices for themselves and not for other people, and that's yeah. what Ella does. Like, she's not dressing like yeah, that. Yeah, even though Ella is, like, sort of a, like, shy, held-back character, it's um, evident that Ella is true to herself. Yeah. Um, so Lola goes over to sit with Ella at lunch, um, Ella's friend Sam comes over to say hi, and Sam and Lola are immediately smitten. Oh. But Lola says in a voiceover, she's like, I couldn't possibly have a boyfriend. I have to focus on my acting career. Of course. Um, so after school, Lola goes over to Ella's. Um, They're talking about Siddhartha again, and Ella just goes, like, Lola is talking very deeply about how much she loves them and their deep music, and Ella goes, I like Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as they're biking to their house, Lola has the voiceover, and she, and she's like, I'm in the rich part of town. I'm the rat that they try to keep out of this part of town. <laughs> like, no, you're not. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lola mentions that, uh, oh, um, Ella's mom comes in, and she's like, oh, like, I made some popovers, pop them in the microwave. And Lola mentions that her mom doesn't approve of microwaves, and Ella's mom very much thinks that that's weird. I don't know why Lola would mention that. I feel like that's something I would just keep to myself. I feel like it's another way for her to be like, I'm different. <laughs> yeah. So whenever um, Ella's mom leaves after she says that, because she's just like, hmm, Lola's like, why does your mom hate me? And she's like, my mom doesn't hate you. She just thinks that your family's kind of weird. And like, 
I don't know. My parents think it's kind of weird that your mom is a single mom raising three girls. Like, I don't know. They're square. And Lola storms out. She's like, your family doesn't get mine and you'd never understand. Yeah, she, she's like, she goes, she's the woman who gave me life, whose milk fed my fragile body, whose blood flows through my veins. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny to see the juxtaposition of, like, her arguing with her mom throughout the movie, but then also, like, sticking up for her mom and being yeah. like... I love my mom. Fuck off. There's, like, I didn't, like, grasp what a drama queen was when I watched this movie as a child. Like, yeah. obviously watching now, it's like, oh, Lola is a very over-the-top person. But, like, yeah. I did not get that when I was a child. Like, I got the basic plot of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things I did not understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Lola starts telling the story about her mom and dad. She's like, and you know what? They were in love. They met... And uh, this movie taught me what a love child was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's because I remember asking her because she was like, because uh, Lola's like, oh, like my parents were married, and I was like, I thought you were a love child. She's like, oh, I was a love child. And I remember asking my mom, I was like, what's a love child? <laughs> yeah, so she starts telling the story of her parents, and we get this like cartoon fantasy over what Lola is narrating. Mm-hmm. So it's basically it's basically like all these humans with like a cartoon background. Um, so basically, like, they met, they fell in love, um, they had Lola, they had her twin little sisters, but then, uh, dad went to buy mom flowers, but then crashed into a pizza truck and died. Yeah, on his motorcycle. And this, I also did, I didn't get that he died whenever I watched this movie. (laughs) Well, yeah, and- And, like, it's also, like, very subtle, like, spoiler, it's also very subtle how they explain that she lied. And he's actually alive. And, like, I, I, that did not click for me. Yeah. Well, um, so Ella immediately is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, you lost your dad. And I'm also like, if Lola was telling this story, I think she would be more emotional about, like, telling her the story of her dad dying and not, like, so into the story <laughs> She's an and actress. how she told it. She's an but, yeah. Um, so we cut to, we're in the locker room after gym class. Lola is eavesdropping on Carla. Well, yeah, and she has a little voiceover about, like, it's not even that I want to hear what she's saying, but she's so loud that it's impossible not to. Yeah, so Carla is, says that she suggested to Miss Bagoli that since they're doing Pygmalion, they should update it and set it in modern New York City instead of, like, I don't know, London in the 30s. Yeah, and also she's saying, even though she's just shitting on New York City, she's like, that's where it should be, New York. Yeah, and that they should use contemporary songs. Yeah. Um, so, and Carla's like, oh, I, like, basically already have the lead. I'm, like, already Eliza Doolittle. Yeah, so um, Lola goes to Miss Begoli, and she's like, wait, I didn't know casting already happened. Is there any way I can audition? And Miss Begoli's like, it's not happened yet. You're fine. Yeah, so we sort of get, like, Carla is very similar to Lola, mm-hmm. except Carla uses her personality to knock others down, whereas I feel like Lola lifts people up. Yeah. Um, so we go, we cut to auditions for Pygmalion, which uh, was also very confusing to me because, like, it was Eliza, but, like, I had heard of My Fair Lady, but I didn't know it was the same thing. Um, so Lola enters with a basket of flowers, <laughs> ready to be that flower girl. Um, yeah, Miss Bagoli tells everyone her idea, which is actually what, uh, Carla was telling everyone was Carla's idea. It's not, because Lola clarifies. She's like, oh, you came up with that? And Miss Bagoli is like, yes, believe it or not, I can think of things myself. Yeah, and she, and Miss Bagoli says, we also added contemporary songs, and I call it Eliza, 
rocks. <laughs> I Carol Kane in this role is absolutely brilliant. Also, fun fact: I thought that Carol or Miss Figoli and Mom were played by the same person because they talk very similar and they kind of look similar. <laughs> and I was like, why would they get the same actress to play that? <laughs> Um, so Lola goes up and auditions and she sings Don't Move On by Siddhartha and just absolutely fucking kills it because Lindsay is a star. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sam, for some reason, is watching her audition. He sits in the back and he is just immediately falls in love. Yeah. Um, Miss Fig- she like starts singing acapella and then Miss Figoli like feels the music and just starts playing piano. It's, you know, somehow guitars and drums also end up in there. But it's so good. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Lola just fucking kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, later, I guess like a few weeks later, a few days later, Carla and Lola both get to school very early so that they can see the cast list. And we get uh, montage number two mm-hmm. of Carla and Lola and Ella and Carla's friend all running through the school in heels, by the way. Every single one of them is wearing yeah. heels. So they're all like moving their legs like very close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also like throwing stuff like trash cans and videos and stuff to try and like stop the other I, from getting it's there. It's not like they're never gonna find out. Like I don't know why they ha- who has to be first. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, but Carla gets there first. She looks at the list and she says, "Well, I got the part that I wanted." So immediately Lola is a little sad, but she goes up to the list and she says, "I'm Eliza." And so Carla is immediately like, oh, well, I wanted the part of Mrs. Higgins because <laughs> it's actually understated and very important and not everyone can play it. And Lola's just like, well, good, because that's the part you got. <laughs> oh, it's so passive aggressive. Yeah. Uh, so Carla, she threatens Lola. She's like, you better watch it. This is my school. And it's, I know what it's I'm very doing. just like out of pocket. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then Sam somehow shows up and Eliza, or Ella, Lola, and Sam all hug. Yeah, they all celebrate. Yeah. Um, so later that night, uh, Lola hears on the radio that Siddhartha has broken up. Oh my god. And I didn't get this part either. She imagines Stu Wolf on a comet hurtling to her towards Earth that says the end of the world. I did not understand. Like, it was obviously, like, her imagination of, like, what she's feeling. Mm-hmm. But I did not get that. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Um, yeah. And then, like, her mom, she starts screaming. So her mom comes in. She's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> and so the next day, Lola and Ella hold a vigil at school. Yeah, and also Ella <laughs> is like, sign the petition to get Siddhartha back together. They're both wearing all black. They have this whole table of candles and, like, Siddhartha merch set up. And she's like, she Lola has these, has these balloons. And she's like, may these balloons soar to the heavens of our sweet Siddhartha. And she lifts the balloons. And they fall flat. <laughs> and Sam comes up. Sam's very, very <laughs> empathetic. He's like, oh, guys, I'm sorry. I heard what happened. <laughs> yeah, and no one, like, makes fun of them for doing this either. I feel like there would be other Siddhartha fans who'd be like, oh, damn. It sucks. <laughs> um, I feel like... This didn't happen at our school, but I feel like this is what happened whenever Zane announced that he left One Direction. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was intense. Because like I, well, like, I'm I sure remember... that there were some people at our school who really cared. Because I mean, One Direction was huge. Yeah, but I remember like seeing tweets of people being like, "I just walked past two girls crying in the hallway." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So the next scene we cut to for some reason they're at like an arcade. It's an arcade in the mall and. They're like it's like a dance dance re- it's not dance dance revolution because they can't have the brand but it's basically that but it's in a circle instead of like a square which is weird 
Yeah. Um, and apparently Carla is really good. She's just beating everyone. And Lola's like, how insensitive. So Arthur just broke up. And she's <laughs> like, you know what? Let me challenge Carla. Yeah, so they start dancing side by side. Carla tells Lola that um, Siddhartha uh, is going to have a farewell concert. And obviously her dad already has tickets because he's Stu Wolf's lawyer. And there's going to be an after party at Stu Wolf's house, uh, which he's also going to go to. And Lola's like, oh, I'm going too. Uh, their band manager, Marshall, who <laughs> I call Marshy, <laughs> once bought some pottery from because her mom is a potter mm-hmm. uh, once bought some pottery from my mom and he said that he can get me tickets too um, and so they sort of go back and forth and eventually Lola ends up beating Carla yay yeah <laughs> um, so Lola Later, yeah. and Ella are walking through the mall and Ella just can't believe that Lola's straight up lied to Carla about yeah. having tickets and she's like well, we'll get them, so I didn't technically lie. Yeah, she's like, all we have to do is be able to get to New York City. And so Ella's like, "We, you're insane. We can't just go on our own. We're 15. They're 15. Please, well, keep that in mind. Yes, they're 15. 15. Um, um, so Lola asks her mom to go to the concert, and she says no. So Lola dresses up like Gandhi and goes on a hunger strike. I didn't get this either when I was a kid. I didn't really know who Gandhi was. I didn't know that he went on a hunger strike to protest British rule. I was eight. Uh, yeah, but then as she's on her hunger strike, uh, the phone rings and mom comes in. She's like, yeah, I'll ask her. And so she's like, dad said that he will drop you off at the concert and pick you up after. Is that good enough? And she's like, drop me off and pick me up like I'm a child at daycare? Absolutely You're not. 15. I just can't How else that. are you going to get there? Also, like, why? Uh, uh, it, this is your favorite band. Right. And you're going to say no because you don't want your dad to drop you off and pick you up? Have him drop you off around the corner. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, so she's like... Yeah, so this is also where we, where we learn where dad's not actually dead. Yeah. And this was very confusing to me <laughs> as a child. Yeah. Because, like, they never straight up say it until the end where they're like, you lied about your dad being dead. Yeah. Like, we as an audience know this before it's revealed to everyone else. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, dad tries to give another solution of like, okay, well, what if I drop you off at the subway and then pick you up at the subway and still she's like, no, that simply won't do. I'm 15 years old. Yeah. And this is when mom finds pizza under her bed. Again, I didn't under, like, I didn't understand that she was going on a hunger strike and I was like, oh, like she ate pizza when she wasn't supposed to and she left the crumbs under her bed. So like the bugs are going to get it. But also like her mom was like, it smells so bad. And it was just like pizza crust that was probably like a day or two old. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah, she was, she had not been down. on this hunger strike for a long time. Um, yeah, so we learned that she was not really on a hunger strike. Yeah. Um, so Carla shows Lola and Ella the next day at school her invitations to the concert and the party. I like to talk about these invitations for a second. Yeah. (laughs) They got, like, that, like, 70s font with, like, a tie-dye background, sort of, which is not the vibe that I thought of for Siddhartha. Mm -hmm. Um, so Carla, oh, Ella, or Lola's like, actually, our invitations came yesterday, but I didn't bring it to school, not to show off. Carla knows that she's lying. Yeah, um, and Ella is basically like, Lola, why do you keep digging this hole deeper? Like, yeah. you know that we're not going. What the fuck are you doing? Um, but Lola's like, it's so it's fine. Like, we'll get tickets from, like, scalpers or whatever. Oh, yeah, because they go to buy tickets at the mall, but the concert's sold out. Yeah. Uh, she's like, we'll get tickets from scalpers. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lola goes through her closet to find clothes for the concert. Um, Ella starts getting a panic attack about lying to her parents. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lola provides proposes since Ella's parents are already going to be in New York that weekend uh, for like a weekend getaway why don't they provide supervision which is just like the same thing as 
her dad being there. Yeah. I, well, I wonder if part of it was, like, she didn't want Ella to know that she lied about her dad. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so Lola, Ella, and Lola's mom go talk to Ella's parents, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, that's, that sounds fine. Yeah, everyone is suddenly fine with this. Her mom, who just two weeks ago was like, no, you don't need to go to the concert, is now like... Well, maybe because now, like, she has supervision. Yeah. Um, yeah, their, Ella's parents are like, why didn't you just ask us? And I was like, I didn't think I could. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lola has this very long daydream of her dancing with Stu. Yeah, she stresses Marilyn Monroe. It's a... It's a weird thing. I mean, like, I get it. Like, it's a daydream. You're, like, 15. You're, like, imagining yourself with your favorite artist. But just um, wait till later. Yeah. <laughs> Lola decides that she needs to steal her costume for the show f- to wear to the concert. And this is after Miss Bagoli has just given everyone a, le- a lecture about, you need to respect the costumes and costumes we, they need to be pristine for the sacred. show. Costumes are <laughs> That's why Elizabeth was on costume crew for the place in musicals in high school. Yep, not because it required me to do the least amount of work. It nope. was because costumes are sacred, like Miss Bagoli said. Mm-hmm. Um, so Miss Bagoli heads down to the drama room where Sam is currently stealing the stress for Lola. Mm-hmm. So we have this whole ordeal of Lola trying to distract Miss Bagoli from seeing Sam and Sam trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they end up getting away with the dress anyway. Um, so Lola and Ella go to the train. We get a third montage of them getting ready for the concert. Um, Lola puts the ticket or the money for tickets in her makeup bag and Lola's parents pick them up or Ella's parents pick them up from Grand Central Station. This is the scene I remember most from this movie because they're like doing their makeup in the moving train and like Lola messes up her lipstick and Ella's like sneezing on her powder and they like curl their hair but it looks horrible but then by the end it's fine because they brush out their curls which doesn't that would just make it worse. Also I feel like it's not that long of a train ride maybe like an hour tops. Yeah I have no I don't don't know why they wouldn't just get ready before. I don't know. (laughs) Um, well, okay, apparently this concert is on a school night because it's the Friday, and Lo- and Carla's like, oh, you're sad about not going to see the Siddhartha concert tonight, so. Yeah. Um, so Lola and Ella arrive at the concert venue. There's just people everywhere. It's crazy because it's a farewell concert. They find a scalper, but Lola discovers that she left her makeup bag with the money in it on the train, so they don't have enough money. So Lola's like, we'll just sneak in with the crowd because there's just, like, an entire crowd going into the venue. They'll just sneak right by. And maybe in 2004 this would have worked, but this would not work nowadays. No. <laughs> um, so Ella, so like they're like in the crowd and Lola is just like, oh, like I wonder what song they'll do. And she says song singularly. So when I was a kid, I was so confused. I was like, do you go to a concert and they only sing one song? <laughs> like this is a farewell concert. They're just going to play one song. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the Ella ends up sneaking past security, but Lola gets caught. So Lola tries to, like, talk her way out of it, but they end up both getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they listen to the concert at the stage door until Ella's just like, you know what, fuck this. Like, I'm just gonna go back to the hotel. Lola starts following her, and we also briefly see a man with a dog following them. Well, they decide they're gonna go look for Stu's house, because that's where the after party is gonna be. And they have a single picture of a window to look off of. In a magazine. Yeah. Yeah, but like, Lola's like, it's just like right around the corner. And then they end up walking 67 blocks <laughs> yeah. in the rain. Um, so Ella finally notices this man that's following them. And Lola's like, I'm a New Yorker. I got this. So she goes to talk to this man. It's dad mm-hmm. keeping an eye out on them. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, mom asked me to do this. And she's like, can you just, like, lay low? Like, stay further back. It's fine. You can follow us. We're just going to a party. And he's like, okay, but any funny business and I'm going to step in. 
Yeah, um, Ella doesn't hear her doesn't hear that it's actually dad. Yeah. Um, so they see Carla's car driving through the street because her license plate says Santini, which is her last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and they follow it to Stu Wolf's house. They run following this car. <laughs> yeah, so they are uh, approached by security. And it is, I still don't know what their names are. It's either Grizz or .com from 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, t- I still don't know which one's which. Um, they are trying to get in when Stu gets thrown out the front door of his own party. Very obviously drunk. Yeah, I also did not get this as For a, a PG ch- uh, children's movie. Interesting choice. I didn't understand this. <laughs> um, so Lola and Ella follow, follow Stu down the alley. They He's so drunk, he's so out of his mind, they take him to a diner. Um, <laughs> and he's just, like, talking, uh, like, in general. He's just... <laughs> He's like, I want, I want some onion rings. And they're like, he'll just have a coffee. He's like, I want onion rings. And he's like, do you know who I am? I don't even know who I am. <laughs> Top-notch performance. I was <laughs> laughing so hard. Well, yeah, like as a kid, especially if you don't fully understand that he's like drunk, you're just like, I, oh I, my God, funny man. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I did not get what was happening. <laughs> yeah, and so they also realize that they have zero money to pay for even the coffees that they've ordered. I guess they do, don't pay for it and don't tip. I think he pays for it. He doesn't have any money. Oh. Because um, they ask him, they're like, oh, we, we lost our money. Do you have any money? And he's like, I knew you wanted my money. Yeah, um, so Lola is like trying to talk to him a little bit, but Ella is immediately put off. Uh, yeah. But Lola's, like, trying to make excuses. She's like, oh, he just has to numb away the pain because he's such a good poet. <laughs> um, Stu ends up throwing a donut at a cop who's sitting at the diner, and they all get arrested. <laughs> well, not arrested. They get taken to the police station. Yeah, so um, Ella, like, tells the cop her parents and her address, and Lola tells the cop her dad's address, and Ella's just like, you just lied to the cop. Like, your dad's dead. He doesn't live in New York. Mm-hmm. And Lola's like, yeah, my dad's actually alive. And Ella gets pissed. She's like, why did you lie to me? Yeah. (laughs) And so... And Lola tries to play it off at first again. She's like, well, I don't think fabricating the details a little bit is actually lying. Yeah, and Ella goes, so you killed your father? And Stu, who's sitting there (laughs) listening, he's here, so you killed your father. And he's looking around, he's like, did you guys guys hear that? She killed her father. (laughs) Well, she's also like, oh no, your father died when that happened. (laughs) Um, so dad arrives and Lola gets a chance to explain everything to the cops. Like, it's kids and they follow this rock star. Um, dad's dog is actually famous. He's a model for, like, this series of books about a dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and the cops let them all go and Stu invites them all to his after party. These children... Dad is coming too, so I feel like Dad that is makes coming it a too. little Carla bit better. Carla also got an invite to this after party. If this were a real after party, these children would not be allowed. Yeah. Um, so Ella's still pissed, but they all decide to go to the party anyway. Yeah. Um, they so, have a moment where like uh, Lola and Ella talk a little bit, and Ella still hasn't forgiven her, but she's like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I can't miss it. So Yeah, so they're still in their wet clothes from the rain, and Stu invites them upstairs to his apartment. To put on dry clothes. Yeah. Just to put on dry clothes. Mm-hmm. Well, he's <laughs> gone. And so they, like, get changed into some of his clothes, too. Which, like, a rock star who probably has a diet of alcohol and cocaine, I feel like his clothes would probably fit two teenage girls. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're in his room. Whenever they get dressed, they don't just, like, leave. They decide to just hang out there for a while. Montage number, what are we, number four? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> of them just hanging out in Stu Wolf's bedroom. Yeah. And, so nice clothes. and then they're like, oh, yeah, we need to go find Carla so we can prove that we're here. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, so downstairs, they see Carla. They call her out. Carla looks distraught that well, they're there. Well, Carla is, like, leaving the party because they're like, this isn't even any fun. La, la, la. And then yeah. they see them, and she's like, oh, my God. Yeah, um, so Ella goes to talk to Steve while Lola sits and talks to Stu. She starts asking questions about lyrics. She's like, what were you thinking when you wrote, behind some doors people are waiting to sparkle? And he's like, I don't know. And she and he's, and he's she's like, you don't know you wrote it. And she says, life's a little foggy, a little soggy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'm going to start saying that now. Yeah, Lola is very disappointed in like, these conversations not going how she wants them to. And he's like, oh, you're disappointing disappointed in me and she's like yeah because you're a drunk I also did not understand this because (laughs) I was like I knew that like you could say people are drunk but I didn't know what it meant to say you are a drunk meaning you're drunk all the time yeah so uh I guess they end up leaving the party all I have is that uh we cut back to school yeah school I guess Monday yeah um Lola and Ella enter class where Carla is Carla pretend just pretends like she never saw Lola and Ella at the party and she just keeps egging them on and Mm -hmm. Ella is just like I don't have anything to prove to you guys like come on Lola but Lola can't let it rest well, and also, uh, Carla starts, like, taking personal jabs at Lola. She's like, oh, yeah, you saw Sue Wolf, right? And, like, what about your dad who's dead? I thought he was dead. Because she's like, no, he invited me and my dad and my dad's famous dog. And she's like, I thought your dad was dead. Who's the, what's the truth, Lola? She's like, you're a liar, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> so, cuts deep. Uh, at rehearsal, Lola, Lola feels the need to come clean to Miss Vigoli that she stole Eliza's dress, but mm-hmm. it's back in the closet. Everything's fine. It's been dry cleaned. It's all good. Yeah, this wouldn't be a problem if Lola had just not said anything because Lo- Carla starts provoking her again because her story sounds fake that they uh, got the she, the dress got wet and then Stu Wolf invited her up to a party and Carla's like, why would Stu Wolf on the biggest night of his life be hanging out with two teenage girls? Which true mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I know he's drunk and he's just probably a nice person and <laughs> but it's it's very sketchy but they shouldn't be blaming Lola and Carla for that they should be no. blaming Stu no. for that um so every so Carla just like keeps egging her on she's just like that's just like just the most impossible story and everyone laughs at Lola yeah even Miss Bagoli it's a little rough so yeah. Lola like leaves crying yeah, she goes to sleep on her orange couch at home while Perfect by Simple Plan plays. Yeah. Simple Plan had to be in any, uh, like, young adult, teen, not young adult, like, children's movie. Yeah, teen movie during this time. Um, so the next day, I guess, they said opening night was Wednesday, so I guess it's like two days later. Yeah. Uh, the next, uh, on Wednesday, Ella comes to Lola's house. Lola is pretending to be sick so she doesn't have to be in the play. Mm-hmm. And Ella says, cut the crap. I was scandalized. Uh, Ella knows that Lois, Lola's faking faking because Carla called her out. Mm-hmm. And Ella basically explains, she's like, Lola, like you showed me an entire new way of living. Like you're so important to me. You taught me like to be courageous and confident and like I never had that before. I always thought that life was just what happened inside like my little suburban home. 
Um, and finally Ella's like, and you can't let Carla win. Like, this is the one thing she can't take away from you, and you can't let her win. Yeah, because back at the school, we see that Carla is going to go on for Lola since she hasn't arrived, and she's, like, putting on the dress, and she's like, the role that I was meant to play. It's funny how everything works out for me. I would love to see Megan Fox sing these songs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Lola agrees, and, um... She gets up, she goes to school, she gets into the first outfit because Carla, being flashy as she is, she has to put on Eliza's, like, fancy dress first, and it's like, you fucking fool, get in the first outfit. Yeah, so Lola's in the first costume, they fight a little bit, but Miss Pagoli's like, Lola's here, like, she's gonna go on, Carla, you're out. Mm -hmm. Um, So before going on, Lola's nervous, Mom comes up and she, like, gives her a little pep talk, and she's like, you're gonna do great, Lola, which is the first time that Mom ever calls her Lola. Yeah. So, we start the musical... And the instruments are all MacBooks. There's like 20 MacBooks being played. Yeah, and they're just students. playing, they're just pressing a button to yeah. play the music. Yeah, Mr. Goldie starts conducting and she says, Press your bars, children. Yeah. <laughs> and they all press like the space bar and like guitars just burst onto the scene. Yeah. Um, so the show starts. Uh, Eliza is a checkout girl in New York and she. She's, st- she's talking, she has a very thick New York accent, and she starts singing Living Just Enough for the City. Now, I didn't know that this was a real song. I thought this was a song meant for the movie, so the first time I ever heard it not in the movie, I was like, oh, I guess. Mm, I didn't know that was a real song either. Stevie Wonder did not steal this from Confessions of a Teenage Drama <laughs> Queen. Um, so there's all these dance moves, it's amazing. Um, yeah, we just get, like, small snippets of the musical. <laughs> yeah, like, we get this grocery store number in the beginning. Then we chain, we go to, uh, like, Lola's, or Eliza's talking lessons, if you know the story of Pygmalion. Um, and then we, and then we get her singing, This song was in Shrek 2. And I was like, oh, that song was in Confessions of a Teenage um, and so, uh, we get this, like, little scene about, uh, Mr. Higgins is taking credit or something for something Eliza did, and she gets mad, and then <laughs> Mrs. Higgins says, so what will you do now, dear? And Lola turns to the audience and she says, I will be a teacher, because being a teacher is the most worthy thing a person can be. <laughs> yeah, Miss Magoli has a tear in her eye. <laughs> Um, so Lola just absolutely kills it. Carla is pissed. And then we get the final number. <laughs> yes. I would like to know, though, how this song relates to the musical at all. No, nothing <laughs> relates to the and, musical. And, okay, whenever she comes out, she has a bunch of background dancers that are all wearing blue wigs. Okay. Why? They're, they're wearing, like, these blue tie-dye suits, and then they're wearing these blue wigs where, like, each strand of hair is, like, gelled to stick out. And they're all dancing, and they've got this, I don't know what the budget was for the theater department at this high school. Yeah. Obviously a lot. Yeah. Because they have this giant sign in the background that says Eliza Rocks, and obviously an original song. Yeah. And she sings, you know, that girl was a one-time teenage drama queen. I fucking love this song. I was literally like, I'm going to be Lola set for Halloween in this, <laughs> in this musical number. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's iconic. Never been done before. <laughs> I love the outfit that Eliza, I guess Eliza, wears during this scene. Yeah. It's, like, hot pink, but it has, like, orange, like, flames, like, on the pants. It's, again, like, satin pants. They're extremely like, low rise. Yeah, it's flared pants with, like, a strapless top. It's very it's, fun. It's amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah, so after that performance, it's amazing. Everyone is like, this is an incredible high school performance. It wow. probably was. <laughs> yeah, and so we go to the after party at Carla's house, and then we see a limo pulling up, and somebody arrives at the door, and Carla opens the door, and it's Stu Wolf. And he's like, oh, hey, like, uh, I talked to Lola's dad, and he said that she would be here. Can I, like, talk to her? And Carla's freaking out. She's like, you want to talk to Lola? Um, just, just wait here. Let me go get her. And he's like, so I can't come in? And she's like, uh, no, I'll show you around. Yeah, so Carla, like, escorts him through the party. She's telling everyone. She's like, look who came to see me. And Stu Wolf has cut his hair now, and I thought that he was played by the same actor who played Dad. They looked very similar to me. <laughs> I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> um, so, uh, Lola finds, like, a circle is, like, forming around them. Lola comes up to Ella, and Ella just, like, pushes her into the circle where Stu Wolf is. Mm-hmm. And he returns her bottle cap necklace that she's been wearing the whole movie. She's, yeah. like, imagined him, like, putting on this bottle cap necklace on her. And now he actually did. Yeah, and everyone now knows that she was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Carla, or, so Stu and Lola start dancing. It's weird. He's an adult man, and and he's like, would you like to dance? And she's a 15-year-old girl. Yeah, it's really weird. It's weird. Carla is upset and falls into the indoor fountain in her home, Mm -hmm. and Lola offers her a helping handout. Um, Stu tells Lola that he's trying to be sober because her comment about him being a drunk inspired him. Um, this is where I said this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they dance, and then, like, I think the actor, I think the people making the movie at the end realize, okay, this, this leaves too much up to the imagination, let's nip this in the bud. So she's like, oh, you're probably wondering about me and Sam. Well, yeah, so now that like, I've started my acting career. Sam basically, like, we don't see him cut in, but, like, Sam sort of, like, turns into Stu Wolf and yeah. her dance, and they're dancing now. Yeah, which is fit, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, now that I've started my acting career, I can focus on a boyfriend. Friend. Yeah, and then we briefly see Stu Wolf dancing with Miss Bagoli, which I ship it. Same. I ship it, Alan. <laughs> yeah, and so... Oh, and Lola, she's like talking in a voiceover. She's like, I've learned that everywhere is New York and reality is more fun than fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess is the lesson we were supposed to learn, maybe? Yeah, I don't... This movie does not have a very clear through line. This movie doesn't make sense. I think it's mostly like, maybe don't lie to your friends. Don't, yeah... Don't um, lie about your dad being dead. <laughs> this movie is camp. This movie invented camp. <laughs> it did, it's looking camp right in the eye. <laughs> uh, this movie was very fun as a child, but I agree. Yeah. I don't think I fully understood like half of the things that were going on. It was just like Lindsay Lohan, fun outfits, the fucking uh-oh music that played every time Carla was walking down uh-oh. the hallway. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun songs. It was Lindsay just... It being in the role she was born it to was play. It was 2004. It was 2004. We were fresh out of fucking kindergarten, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we were eight. I was eight years old in 2004. You were seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were in like second grade. Second grade. It was a time. It was a time to be alive. Yes. It was. <laughs> Culture was reset. <laughs> and we were there at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> How did you uh, rate this movie. A five out of five, obviously. <laughs> I feel like I appreciate you. this movie more as an adult <laughs> now that I know that absolutely nothing makes sense. This plot is non-linear. <laughs> I have bad news for you. I gave this a three out of five. No! <laughs> it was okay, but I don't see myself going back and like, yeah, I gotta watch this again. I would 1000%. I also feel like this movie is like very much a comfort movie to me. Like there's so many things, like I said, like just like 
the opening song where it's like, I'm ready, come and find me. Yeah. Like, it just took me back. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, I had um, the CD for this movie mm-hmm. as well. So I feel like that also enhanced my experience. Yeah. Because there's, like, songs, like, that played throughout the movie. I was like, oh, like, I remember listening to this song. Like, whenever they're biking to Ella's house, mm-hmm. she's like, it's a day in the life and it's making the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Lindsay contributed a lot of songs to this uh, soundtrack. Yes. So this was Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. And now we are going to live try and figure out what we're going to watch it for oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was going to bring up, I meant to say this earlier, um, Hilary Duff was originally auditioning for this role, which yes. was a big deal because back in the day, Lindsay and Hillary had an ongoing had feud. feud. Yes. I was too young to know that this was happening during the time that it was happening. I didn't know it was happening either. Apparently yeah. Aaron Carter was in the middle. Yeah, because he was like dating both, not at the same time, but like going back and forth and dating both of them. So and like, was, this is all Aaron Carter's fault, basically. And Chad Michael Murray, because he was starring opposite of both of them and then Freaky Friday and A Cinderella Story, which is also fucking creepy to begin with because he was like 18 and she, and uh, Hilary Duff was, I don't remember how old, but not age of consent should we do a hillary duff movie should we do our move on to hillary duff series that's what i was thinking it might be a fun little crossover and then we can learn more of uh, talk more about the feud i meant to look it up but i did not have time yeah so should should we start from the beginning with with when casper meets wendy or should we save that for halloween let's i'm I'm sure we have other halloween movies let's do when casper when casper meets wendy let's go young hillary duff the youngest. <laughs> next, not next week. The week after that. In two two weeks. weeks. When Casper meets Wendy. See you then. Bye. <laughs>